you just love Mondays? Huh? Aren't Mondays your favorite days of the week? Oh yeah, there's a whole week's worth of work to get done and Monday gets you started. (laughs) Welcome, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the Best Old Time Radio Podcast. And this is Monday. And because a lot of people don't have the positive attitude about Monday, we have deemed Monday, the day for old-time radio comedies. Something familiar. Something peculiar. Something for everyone. A comedy tonight. Something appealing. Something appalling. Something for everyone. A comedy tonight. Nothing with kings. Nothing with crowns. Bring on the love. Liars and clowns ah! Situation No complications Nothing portentous or polite Ready tomorrow This time around we're going to do an episode of the Edgar Bergen Show Now sometimes it's referred to as the Charlie McCarthy Show And there was different incarnations of this show because Edgar Bergen was on radio for a lot of years. I mean, like 30 plus years. And his show ran a gamut of a different, a number of different ways it was presented. We'll get into that on another occasion. But boy, he was a pro. He was a consummate pro. The reason I don't play these as much is I love the dialogues that he has at the beginning of the show, first always with Charlie, and then usually then with Mortimer. Then he usually has a guest star. And if the guest star is a singer, usually they sing a couple of songs, and that could be good or not so good. Now, tonight we have his guest, Peggy Lee, and she sings That's Amore at the beginning. I enjoyed that. Then she sings another song that she wrote at uh, at the end of the show, and I can't think of the name of it right now. But anyway, my point is, usually then, between the songs and the, and the dialogues that he would have with Charlie and Mortimer, they would do some sort of a skit, usually involving Charlie, that would involve also the guest star. And a lot of times, those kind of fell flat, in my opinion. Now, you know, I'm no critic, but uh, now there was some great ones. There are some great ones. Uh, some of the ones with uh, W.C. Fields were classic. Uh, there was one actually with Marilyn Monroe that has become rather famous. But this one tonight is just sort of typical, and uh, maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe you'll you'll thoroughly enjoy it. But there is some funny, funny stuff with uh, when he's talking to Charlie about going to the drive-in movies <laughs> and when he's talking to Mortimer about uh, the Snurred Farm. And uh, if the rain is affecting it, this show was originally broadcast on March 21st in 1954. So I guess it was rainy in uh, Los Angeles at the time. So here we go. This is the Edgar Bergen Show with guest Peggy Lee, as originally heard on CBS back on March 21st, 1954. 
The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. Now, Cliff, you say help me, I'll mow you down. It's Sunday night, and time again for Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy, Mortimer Snurd, and Ray Noble and his orchestra, brought to you transcribed by Chicken of the Sea, the greatest name in seafood. Tonight, our guest is Peggy Lee. And now, here is Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy. Thank you, everyone. And Bergie, my chum, my pal, oh, how nice you look today. You look like a million after taxes, of course. <laughs> well, thank you, I think. Bergen, I love you. They don't come any better than you. Really, Charlie? Yeah, and it's pretty discouraging, too. <laughs> but I'm mad about you, boy, lad, chum. Charlie, just a moment. My sixth sense tells me... That you want to borrow something. It does, huh? Yes. Why, the dirty stool pigeon. <laughs> well, he's right, Bergen. I, I want to borrow your car for the drive-in movie tonight. Well, Charlie, you went to the drive-in movie with your girl last night, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and what a time we had. <laughs> tonight we want to go back and see the picture. Oh, I see. <laughs> I think that you're exaggerating about these romantic affairs. Well, all I know is the car started three times and the ignition wasn't even on. <laughs> well, I would like to lend you my car, but uh, as I say, my sixth sense. Oh, that old thing. Yes. <laughs> Tells me not to. Hey, wh what is, what is this, uh, this sixth sense business? Well, to fully understand it, First, we must know what the five actual senses are. To know the five senses, you, you must know something about anatomy. We study anatomy at school. Yeah. Do you like anatomy? Uh, on some people, it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> Especially girls, yeah. I say, this sounds like a wizard discussion. Uh, may I join in? Oh, certainly, Ray, as I was explaining the five senses to Charlie. Oh? Ah, there's sight, touch, taste, hearing... It was a fifth sense. Oh, Edgar, speaking of hearing, <laughs> did you know what one ear said to another? Uh, no, what? It said, I didn't know you lived on this block. No. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? <laughs> now I know the fifth sense. Uh -huh. It smells. <laughs> that joke tipped me off. Yeah. Well, I'll first let me explain sight. All right, you go ahead. Charlie, what do your eyes do when, when they see a pretty girl on the beach? They pop. No, no. <laughs> no, they, they, they get the image. They get the message. No, no, no. <laughs> All right. And, and then that message, well, it's, it's sent to your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And what does it say? It says, get that girl. No, no, no. <laughs> so the image, of course, of the girl is sent to your brain, which instantly develops it. Oh, Edgar. Now, uh, no, I'll take a dozen of those photos. You know, I collect pinups. 
Oh, yeah, but Ray... Well, Look, I, I, no, I, I have a wonderful photo of Jane Russell oh. in a bathing suit taken at her pool. I'd like to see it. I <laughs> Don't blame you, old boy. <laughs> she has a lovely pool. Oh. <laughs> now, suppose we go on to the sense of touch. Yes. It would have been nice if we could have gone around that other one. Yeah. <laughs> now, Charlie, if I put your hand on a hot stove... Oh, no, you don't, Buster. Not my hand. All right, then. Suppose I put my hand on a hot stove. Now, this I like. <laughs> or we'll put it another way. Put it in the stove. No. <laughs> Maybe I can explain it to Ray. Ray, did you ever see two approaching insects stop and touch each other with their feelers? Well, yes. What do you suppose they were doing? Well, frankly, old boy, I didn't think it was any of my business. <laughs> They were recognizing each other. In some forms of life, the sense of touch uh, takes the place of the sense of sight. Now, can you give me an example of that, Charlie? Of what? What was I saying? I wasn't listening. Oh, I see. <laughs> you weren't listening? No. Can you think of a better excuse? No, no, no. I will repeat it. That's logical. Yes, yes. I say, can you give me an example of where the sense of touch uh, replaces the sense of sight? Yes, I could. Well, all right. If I can't touch you for the car tonight, I'll swipe it when you're out of sight. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's always a great pleasure to welcome back our guest star of the evening. She's one of our favorites, the ever-popular Miss Peggy Lee, singing That's Amore. what they sing When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie at Samore When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine at Samore Bells will ring ting-a-ling-a-ling, ting-a-ling-a-ling and you'll sing Vita Bella Hearts will play tippy tippy tay tippy tippy tay like a gay tarantella. When the stars make you drool just like pasta fazool at Samore. When you dance down the street with a cloud at your feet, you're in love. When you walk in a dream. But you know you're not dreaming, signore. Scores of me, but you see, back in old Napoli, that's amore. When the stars make you drool, just like pasta fazool, that's amore. When you dance down the street with a cloud at your feet, you're in love When you walk in a dream 
But you know you're not dreaming, signore Scores of me, but you see Back in old Napoli At Samore See, that's Samore in my ear and it's rusting my brain. <laughs> well, Mortimer, all this rain, tell me, has it done any damage down on your farm? Oh, yeah, yes, it did. Uh, it rained so hard it washed away our house. Oh, did you lose all your belongings? No, 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 no. Lucky it wasn't the house we live in. I see. <laughs> I'm, uh... <laughs> About your, your farmhouse. Uh, did the roof leak? I think it did, yeah. It did. Yeah. At supper, it took me five hours to finish my soup. Oh, I think. <laughs> well, I think it's always nice to look on the good side of things. Yeah, sure, yeah. The rains come, they water the earth, the seeds grow, and soon your fields will be waving in tall corn. That's the miracle of nature. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it sure would be a miracle. Because I planted rhubarb. Oh, I... <laughs> why do you always plant rhubarb? Well, I'll tell you why. When somebody says, do you think the rain will hurt the rhubarb, I'd like to be able to answer them. <laughs> well, with all this rain, I guess you could say it's great weather for ducks. <laughs> Uh, yes, I imagine you could, yes. <laughs> Why don't you? Well, all right. <laughs> but uh, not for the duck I got here in the basket. Oh, Why not? Well, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. I... <laughs> it's a roast duck. Oh, roast duck? Yeah. I cooked it just for you, Mr. Bergen. Well, now, isn't that nice? That's very thoughtful of you, Mortimer. I'm very, very flattered. Yeah. yeah. You know, friendship is a great thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially between friends. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm going to look at it. Why, Mortimer, it's a wild duck. Yeah, yeah, wild duck, yeah. So you went duck hunting? Yeah. Well, no, I went squirrel hunting. A squirrel? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring you a nice fat squirrel, but not one of them flew over all day. I... <laughs> so you shot this duck? Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Is it duck season? Hmm? I say, is duck in season? Oh, well. <laughs> now get this. <laughs> the seasoning is in the duck. Oh! <laughs> oh! I guess that'll hold you in stitches for a while. Yeah. Well, you're lucky even if even if a wild duck like this, you know, to find it this time of the year. What are you saying, boy? <laughs> I, what I was trying to say is that you're lucky to find wild duck this time of the year. Oh, well, that's a different subject. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nearly all of them go south for the winter. Well, this one didn't have a reservation. I... <laughs> In hunting, you want to be very careful not to hunt, of course, on private property. 
Of course, you observe the signs that say private, no trespassing. No, no, I don't. No, I see. I never read anything that says private. I see. I'm <laughs> sure that you know how to read. Well, I can read numbers, but I ain't very good at letters. Oh, I see. Well, that makes it pretty bad. Yes, it does at times. Uh, when I read a sign on the road, I, I always know how far, but never where to. I... <laughs> Well, never mind. It was nice of you to shoot this duck and cook it for me. Well, I can cook it just about anything, I guess, except food, huh? I do all the cooking at home, you know. Oh? What does Grandpa Snur do? He eats out. Oh, he eats out. <laughs> well, I I hope you did a good job on this duck. How about the stuffing? Yeah, how about that? Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if you can even boil a three-minute egg. Well, of course, that depends on how long you want it cooked. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Now let me see that duck. Oh. Well, Mortimer, hmm? This isn't a real duck. What? It's not a real duck. It isn't? It's artificial. No, yes. You mean it's a falsy? Yeah. <laughs> it's a decoy. It's made out of wood. Mortimer, how can you be so stupid? Well, I guess my brain is just a decoy, too. <laughs> Oh, Peggy. Peggy Lee. Yes, Edgar? I wanted to tell you how much I enjoy that number you sang for us. Well, thank you very much. It was just wonderful. Oh, I wish I had talent like yours. Oh, Edgar, you've got an inferiority complex. Bergen does not have an inferiority complex. He's really inferior. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after all, I do deserve a little recognition, don't I? Oh, you're right, Edgar. Uh, there are too many unsung heroes in the world. It, it just isn't fair. No. Now, take the unsung heroes of literature. Everyone knows who wrote The Rains Came. But what about the fellow who wrote the sequel to it? What sequel? The Sink Backed Up. Oh. <laughs> true, Charlie, true. The time has come to recognize the literary geniuses the world has forgotten. You mean? Exactly. The men who write greeting cards. Some place in the Middle West, in a tiny log cabin, a little child was born. Which is a nice way to start life. (laughs) This child was destined to revolutionize the greeting card business. When he was three years old, there was an addition to the family. It was then that he wrote his never-to-be-forgotten we got a new baby at our house. He does nothing but cry and cough. But we think he's going to stay with us because he's got his clothes all off. <laughs> Thus came into existence the first birth announcement card. A few years later, tragedy struck the little family. It was as an expression of his great grief, that he wrote his first condolence card. Grandma, she is gone now, and we all miss her so. She dropped a bone down the garbage disposal, but she forgot to let go. (laughs) This genius was a bashful boy. He didn't start going with girls until he was seven. His first love was little Mary, 
who moved on to the next farm. <laughs> Gee, genius, we're engaged. Oh, and I didn't think you'd ever notice a farm girl like me. Ah, but I did. The first time I saw you, you were slopping the hogs. <laughs> Somehow, your face stood out. <laughs> oh, you're sweet. Remember the first time we met? You rode me on the handlebars of your body. Yeah, yeah. And when you fell off, she... You just looked up at me and smiled. The broadest smile I ever saw. <laughs> I couldn't help it. The handlebars got caught in my mouth. <laughs> when I first met this boy, I was a dancing teacher at Arthur Murray's, and he kept trying to stay after school. But when I first read his greeting cards, I gave up my job and dedicated my life getting them published. Meanwhile, the young genius had married little Mary, and together they shared a tiny room in a boarding house. Oh, genius dear, I know how you hate driving a truck for a living, so if you want to give it up to write greeting cards, I won't say a word. You won't, Mary? No. I'll just beat your brains out! <laughs> now sit down for your breakfast cereal. Genius, I'm homesick. But this is your home. I know, and I'm sick of it. Oh. <laughs> Why can't we buy a small house? And as the family grows, we build extra rooms. Every time we have a child, we'd add a little more on. Yeah, and after a while, we'd have a house full of morons. Right? <laughs> Genius, you're made. I brought along Mr. Raymond Noble, the great publisher. He wants to print all of your greeting cards. Golly, at last. Quite right, my dear fellow, yes. I was intrigued by the sweet thought you wrote for Mother's Day. Dear, tired old mother, I am now a man of wealth. You don't have to work for me anymore. Go out and work for yourself. <laughs> and how about his new anniversary card? Dear wife, every time I kiss you, there's cold cream on your face. I know now how a ball player feels when he slides past third base. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those little gems that come to me now and then. <laughs> and so success came. But like all geniuses, he didn't look out for his health. So one fatal day... Well, doctor, you've examined the x-rays, sir. What's the verdict? Well, I'll operate, genius, but I'm warning you, you'll have to be on your back for six months. Well, why? I'm a very slow operator. <laughs> this is an unusual case, sir. For the past six months, he's been blowing smoke rings out of his nose. Well, what's so unusual about that? He doesn't smoke. <laughs> How much do you weigh, genius? I weigh... 40, 40, 40 pounds with my clothes on and 50 stripped. Well, how could you weigh more without your clothes? Heavy goose pimples. <laughs> and I always feel like I have butterflies in my stomach. Mmm, butterflies, eh? Well, here, I swallow this pill. Yes, doctor. It's down, sir. What's that sound coming out of his stomach? 
The butterflies are playing ping pong with the pill. Say, doctor, all the other medics do their examining with a mirror on their forehead, and you have a lit candle on yours. How come? Well, I studied in the College of Mines. Oh. Uh, open your mouth. Uh, Wider. Uh, Wider. Oh, what are you going to do? Look in or sink a shaft? <laughs> Oh, he's in uh, such agony, poor yeah. fellow. Full of shooting pains. Yeah, and the ones that ain't shooting are busy reloading. Oh. <laughs> if I could only get some sleep at night. Well, now that I can do by hypnotism. Hypnotism? I have one chap I did that with. I just said, abracadabra, go to sleep. Uh, abracadabra, go to sleep. Did, did, did it work? Well, his abracadabra went to sleep, but the rest of them stayed up all night. <laughs> Oh, Peggy girl, I'm beginning to feel faint. I'm a-slipping. I'm a-dying. Oh, no, no, just a minute, son. You can't die now. Oh. Please, you can't die. You can't. Why not? You haven't paid your bill. Oh. <laughs> Let me see the bill, doctor. Wow, look at this bill, genius. A thousand dollars. What's the difference? You can't take it with you. <laughs> Let me put it this way, doctor. Your bill is for a thousand dollars. I do not have the dough. You say you can't take it with you. I can't even afford to go. <laughs> and now here's Peggy Lee with a brand new song she and Victor Young composed, Where Can I Go Without You? To London town to clear up my mind, then on to Paris for the fun I could find. I found I couldn't leave my memories behind. Where can I go without you? Tried seeing Germany, but that wouldn't do. Went to Vienna, but I found you there too. Even in Switzerland, your memory came through. Where can I go without you? I want to travel I wanted romance I chased that rainbow Across the sea I'm tired of faces And quaint old places If you can't be Back on the boat again And farewell to France Farewell to London town They haven't a chance I'll trade the sights I've seen 
Edgar Bergen. I would like to thank Peggy Lee for joining us tonight. And before we go, it's time for another bit of sage advice from our rural philosopher, Mortimer. And here he is with Snurge Words for the Birds. Uh, life is what you'll make it until someone comes along and makes it worse. <laughs> thank you, Mortimer. Until next Sunday, good night, everyone. <laughs> Remember to listen to Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy, Mortimer Sturd, Ray Noble, and the entire ensemble brought to you by Chicken of the Sea, the greatest name in seafood, over the CBS radio network at the same time. Tonight's Edgar Bergen show with Jack Kirkwood and Elvia Allman was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Sam Pierce, script by Norman Paul, Cy Rose, and Zeno Klinker. This is Bill Baldwin speaking. <laughs> This is the CBS Radio Network. My mother-in-law really loved Peggy Lee. Before uh, before she died, both my mother-in-law and Peggy Lee, but she really loved Peggy Lee. And I can't help but think of... Uh, the movie Lady and the Tramp when I hear Peggy Lee, because that's what I equated to from my childhood. But that was the Edgar Bergen Show with, of course, Charlie McCarthy and Mortimer Snurd, Ray Noble in the orchestra, and that was um, guest starring Peggy Lee. And I hope you enjoyed that. We will play Edgar. I have a lot of Edgar Bergen shows in my files. I just don't play them as often as I probably should. And unfortunately, some of the really good ones aren't in very good sound quality. So that creates kind of a problem. Well, I was just trying to think if there was any kind of song I could come up with that had something to do with uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. And this is the, about the closest thing I could think of. And this is from 1966. I'm your puppet. 
Bobby Purify, and the name of that song was I'm Your Puppet, and that was from 1966. Now, you're probably thinking, James and Bobby Purify, these were brothers, right? No, they weren't. (laughs) Actually, James was, uh, his last name was Purify, but the other guy, there was two different people that that did the uh, Bobby role over the years. And neither one of them were last name Purify, but the name of the act was James and Bobby Purify. And show business people are very, very strange sometimes. But I like that song. It takes me back to the year after high school. Well, that's going to do it for us this week, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with a um, drama, an old-time radio drama. So I hope you got through this Monday okay. Mondays aren't so bad, especially if we can bring a little laughter into your life. This is Bob Bro. So glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. Monday, Monday. Can't trust that day. Monday, Monday. It just turns out that way. Hey.